Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Wait, so you really want to make a podcast? Do, 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 do. Yeah, what if we just sang our um, music? Maybe we should get some real music, Samantha. The podcast king. Oh, you're still recording. Three. Survival Jobs is a podcast spotlighting artists, their side hustles, and their passions. Hosted by Samantha Titsolo and Jason A. Coombs. Boom. Sweet. Okay. Love it. Hey, Samantha. (laughs) Hey, Jason. How are you? Good. I mean, I was supposed to see Little Shop this past weekend. We talked about it on the last episode, but... Friend of mine got COVID, unfortunately, so we had to uh, reschedule. Thankfully, they let us. Uh, surprisingly, they let us uh, reschedule. So we'll see. I'm going in a couple of weeks now. So hopefully, nothing Good. happens again. Well, and now you have something to look forward to. And by the way, hopefully, it's warmer because right now you do not oh, want to yeah. be in. This city is cold. So I saw Scream this weekend as well. Oh, I've been waiting gosh. for it for so long. You love Scream. I do. I love Scream. How I was love it? Scandal. It was a lot of fun. I love Scandal. <laughs> How was? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Super, super good. If you're a fan, you'll you'll enjoy it as well. If you're a horror fan, you'll enjoy it. So here's my question. I don't follow Scream, but everyone is like losing their minds about it. Yeah. Was this just like a re? I have no. I know nothing. It was it a remake. It's a requel. Whoa! A remake sequel. <laughs> so it's Fun. like basically you don't have you don't have to watch the other four to get the story. M- maybe I'll go. Have. Yeah, maybe it, I'll, like, there's four other ones. Yeah. Wow. Four other ones. No, but is Scream with the guy with the mask, the white Ghost mask, face, the long? Yeah. No, I can't watch that. I'm too scared. <laughs> I can't watch that face. Sorry. Hell no. Yeah. Ghostface is his name. Yeah, Ghostface. Mm, I'm not into Ghostface. Let me you don't like you horror? That. So, I don't think so. I don't like... <laughs> so, I don't think so. <laughs> I like the drama, and I like, like, a crime. A yeah, like, a, crime. like a crime, like, thing, thing. <laughs> crime film or suspense. Crime yeah, yeah, and, like, suspense. But yeah. horror, like, actual, like... Like we talked about this prior, the leprechaun mm-hmm. or Chucky. I don't know. I don't remember Chucky, who we were. Chucky, you were and I was of. like, absolutely no Chucky, <laughs> no ghost face. Yeah. None of those things. I will literally be alone in my apartment and think I see ghost face. Like actually. So <laughs> I won't be, I, I watch horror, but I like like a witch, like practical magic. Oh, I love practical, practical magic. <laughs> I'm I so do. Hocus pocus. Like I like witches, but like <laughs> the horror and like the slashers. No, no, no. Well, what I really Not love about me. the Scream series, which is it's 25 years old, 26 years old. Um the first one. It's like a whodunit. There's always like this like who's behind the ghost face man. You know, it's not like a Michael Myers or like a Freddy Krueger, like the same people or same entity coming back movie after movie. It's like who's under the mask this time, right? Which one of your friends? Is the one that's gonna get you. <laughs> Was Jamie Lee Curtis ever in Ghostface? <laughs> no, she's Halloween okay. and prom night. She was like the original Scream Queen after her right. mom. But Scream is like the uh it's like the pinnacle of like that generation of like slashers. Oof. 
Mm-hmm. slashers well I'm, I'm happy for you that you got to watch it i know you're excited <laughs> <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote a screenplay over the pandemic that's like a horror screenplay so it was very inspired not inspired by but obviously because scream is like my favorite horror movie there's like a lot of like elements that i had to bring in that was like inspiration um and then it was cool to bring that back and like to try to pick the script up again i was inspired to like okay i gotta write this week because like you know when you see something really good it like really inspires you to like get back to your craft and what why you why you do the things you do. Yes. I love that, Jason. Please, yeah. I need you to write. I love when you write and I love when you make oh. things. So keep on keep on writing, Jason. Keep on Thank writing, you. Jason. Did you just <laughs> hear me slip into a southern dialect? Yes. Why? <laughs> why do they do that? Because you're getting back into acting. So like wow, right? I actually am. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Tell us about I that am. quickly. Well, I'm I've started the process. I have not genuinely have not done a monologue in close to two years, which is sick. Mm. But like look at what we just went through. Yeah. And there was a there was a point there where I was thinking, like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm doing this anymore. I don't know what I'm thinking or doing. And then once I started to sit back in it, I was like, oh this makes me happy because I love acting and I love doing monologues. And by the way, even if I never book an acting job, the simple steps of reading a play, learning a monologue, Mm -hmm. doing an audition makes me happy. Yeah. It just does. And that's just the the truth of it. So I am, I am, I'm, I'm rereading a play and relearning a monologue that I had started doing right before the pandemic. I had looked at it. Um, it is from a play called What We're Up Against, gotcha. uh, written by Teresa Rebeck. She's one of my favorite playwrights. I just, I, I think I like the way she writes. I like what she writes about. Mm. The monologue, the play is about women working in a corporate world with men and not gotcha. being taken seriously and, and not getting the same opportunities as men who are less talented uh, or who are new hires and the yeah. monologue is fierce she's basically like essentially you're not giving me these opportunities because i'm a woman but look at my look at my work it is fucking good i mm. she literally says in the monologue i am fucking talented yeah and you're just disregarding that because i have a vagina it's a great play she's a great playwright check her out i love that i love that you're getting back into that and that you're learning monologues i've learned a monologue it's oof. Before the pandemic, I was doing a lot of like film and TV auditions. So like, you know, it's like learning science. Yeah, you were. Yeah, back in the olden days. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Who knows if that'll ever happen again, but. um... It will. You're going to write. You're going to get those sides. We're going to like do this podcast. And you know what, Jason? All Mm. of our dreams will come true. Snaps. Our dreams are going to come true. Just like our guest. Who's so excited to meet today. I'm so excited to meet her too. Do you want to tell us a little about her? I do. Thank you for asking, actually. (laughs) Anastasia McCluskey is a Renaissance woman from Nashville, Tennessee, and has been sharing her gifts with the world since the age of 10. She is currently the standby for Caroline Dottie and the Washing Machine in Roundabout's revival of Caroline or Change, and recently played May in the Atlantic Theater world premiere of The Secret Life of Bees. Before that, she was seen as the zany, judgmental Nurse Norma in the Broadway hit Waitress and Becky on the first national tour. She has been featured in seven Broadway hits, one West End hit, and a few off-Broadway hits, and a ton of regional theater. Wow. Yeah, right? Fire. Anastasia has sung with Burt Bacharach and Patti LaBelle and backup for Phil Collins, Martha Wash, Bette Midler, and Mariah. 
Carey. She has also performed on the Today Show, The View, GMA, SNL, and both the 2011 and 2013 Tony Awards, and was most recently seen in Annie Live as in Sophie, Mrs. Greer, and Perkins. She's also recurring on NBC's New Amsterdam as Dr. Felicia Elder and on CBS's The Good Fight as Opal. She started a podcast, Them Three Podcasts, of her brothers during the pandemic shutdown, and has been nominated for a Helen Hayes Award, an Alliance Award, and the Aldelco Award. Let's get her in. That's fire. That is so fire. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, I do want to say Caroline Our Change has closed. I said she currently can be seen. She oh. most recently was seen, people, but she was fierce, and that's all that matters. Let's bring her in, Jason. Here we go. Hi, Anastasia. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Good, how are you? Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. We're super excited to have you. We know you're so busy, so we're so grateful to share space with you and have this time. We love this podcast. We love talking to artists, and basically, we're stoked. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. So just to jump right in, we do know that you started your own podcast, a podcast <laughs> yes. of your own. Congratulations yes. on that and, and starting that during the pandemic. How have you been doing in general over this crazy ass time? Uh, you know, today is a good day. And I am a type yes. of person. I like to lean into the good days, the good moments, the the find the positivity in each second because it's important or I would slide down all the walls in my apartment and be in a puddle. Um, (laughs) Same. And I I truly practice intentional gratitude. So that really helps me get through my days and find peace within each moment. But you know, the last, what, I, I don't even know how long it's been two and a half years. It it's been a, it's been a climb. And I actually started watching the morning show it's a really great show. I, I'm like, I want to be on that show. Let's manifest that. Manifesting. Um, yes. <laughs> but um, they had a moment. I don't want to spoil anything. There's a moment in season two, at the top of season two. And I'll just say this. They show 2020, the number 2020 as the ball drops. And I had a visceral reaction. I literally started to cry, sobbing. And I, th- I think majority of the people around the world, probably if they think hard enough about that year, or if something pops up that reminds you about that year, even into 2021, there might be some emotional reaction, whether it's just laughing, you know, uncontrollably, or if it's crying or whatever, or sitting down and taking a breath. It was such a traumatic year for everyone around the world. And I think that's something as humans that we can all relate to and we can share in that together and help each other heal which is like my main platform in life, healing, helping people heal, finding healing and ways to heal. So it's it's been an interesting journey, but I think I found a lot in it and I've, I've gained a lot out of it uh, that I don't think I would have gained if I had just been going, you know? I found that sitting still was best for me. I love yeah. that. We're getting that a lot. We ask this question a lot and and we hear that, that sitting still and having the time to actually like take a beat and look into yourself and, and, yeah. and not be exactly like going, going, running around, you realize a lot of things about yourself and what the heck you want and, and, and mm-hmm. balance. I know for me, like I really use this time to lean into my balance and that it's okay to take a couple of days to not do something. I feel that yeah. really strong. I guess I'll transition into our, our, our theme, which is like survival jobs, right? So do you Whoa. have like a favorite 
or a best survival job you had before you started working on the Broadway? <laughs> you know, <laughs> one of my survival jobs, and this was, when was this? Gosh, I, it's 2022, right? It's so crazy because I'm like, yeah. 2019 <laughs> seems like yesterday. Right? No, but we're in the 20s of the 2000s. Wow. It's crazy. Gosh. It's crazy. So fast. I, I haven't had a lot of survival jobs because I'm, I'm going to be honest, I've been fortunate enough to like consistently work somewhere and doing Amazing. something like, thank okay. God. Um, but there, there's been a job that I've done, um, two jobs that I actually really enjoyed um, in between work. Um, and one, I worked at this place called Soy for Haskin. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's a sample sale and it's run by, um, oh my God, I can't remember their names right now, but it's a couple, beautiful couple. They used to be dancers on Broadway back in the day. And they started this company and it's like high-end sample sales. So they have Hermes, they have uh, Bulgari, they have um, Versace, like stuff like that. And they only hire actors and performers and dancers because they know that, you know, a lot of times they might be in between jobs or all, I, I finished this and I'm going to go do this, but I want to work and I need some money. Um, it's also 1099. So that's cute, you know, um, <laughs> that's cute. and they feed you, they feed you, you take yes. breaks, they feed you a little breakfast, a, a wonderful lunch, and you can take food home. And then um, a lot of times you hang out with your friends. I, a lot of people that you probably have heard of or know, worked at Soy for Askin at the sample sale. And I got to know a lot of people there, which is That's so amazing. funny and crazy before people's careers took off or in between jobs. So it's really, it was a really beautiful time in my life that I was able to bounce back and forth. And I have ADHD and I feel like- Same. <laughs> and women is not talked about enough. And so they really just allowed me to be. Like if I was like, I can't work on this floor anymore. I need to just pace or vacuum or something. They were like- yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So you got supported, you got fed, you got mm-hmm. good connections, and I mm-hmm. hope you got paid well. Sounds like a good, sounds like a pretty sweet gig. It it was. <laughs> it was. But I also, I did some babysitting too. I love kids. Uh, not everybody's kids, but I love those <laughs> Gotta be honest about that. And That's um, right. <laughs> I, um, I've definitely kept a lot of my friends' kids mm. during, you know, times of not working, which has been really great because of course you know if you're collecting unemployment you get that little cash on the side it's like oh that's grocery money or you know yeah. and it's and it's completely fulfilling too it, it the kids I feel like children are our greatest teachers and a lot of times they're ignored but they are offering us a lot of information that we've missed or forgotten about that we need to tap back into so a hundred percent about the kids my niece I have a four-year-old <laughs> niece and mm-hmm. she'll sometimes call me and my brother out and say like she calls me Mansa she'll say like Mansa that's not nice what you said to daddy and I'm like you're right I'm so sorry thank you <laughs> she's four yeah. she's four but she's so aware and yeah. it's really beautiful I also want to say I think it's so important and I think there should be more jobs created just for actors by mm-hmm. actors for actors because you get it hey I can't come to work because I have this huge audition I need to prepare like right. you get it versus like a lot of managers and and jobs mm-hmm. are like too bad that's your job yeah yeah that's yeah. dope it's also the opposite too like when you're also like oh maybe I need more money right can I pick up an extra shift or something like mm-hmm. having that flexibility is so important yeah. Those are those are great jobs. Do you have maybe a story from an in-between job that's like not so great, like a shocking survival job 
story? No, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I haven't had like crazy moments at a survival job. I don't I, no, Lucky. before I before I went out when I was in school, I, I went to AMDA and I worked at this place called Jamboree. Did y'all ever hear that? It's a kid store. Yeah, yes, it's a little kid store. <laughs> yeah, and retail? I, you know, retail. Yes, I had never worked in retail, and so I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. And at this specific store, every time you clock out, it's like you had to fill out this grid to get paid of like, and I was like, this is too much. I, I eventually ended up quitting. Well, mainly because I got a job, but I was like, I, I don't have the focus for this. You know, I could learn a monologue, yeah. monologue in five minutes or like learn a whole show in a week, but working in like stuff that's so structured mm. or I can't, you know, bring myself to the table after being inside of a box doesn't work for me. Doesn't work for me. There was one job I I always have you ever guys ever seen this movie called Imagine Me and You? It's a great lesbian flick. Oh no. 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 You said oh no. No, I like <laughs> Oh no. Lesbian. <laughs> no, no. I meant oh no, like I, I should have seen that. <laughs> it's a beautiful story. Anyway, <clears throat> I bring it up because there's a woman in there that owns a flower shop. And I was like, ooh, I could get a job at a flower shop. ADHD, right? Just mm-hmm. out here. Um, and so I applied for this flower shop in Harlem (laughs) and my friends were like, what are you doing? Like, you finna go do such and such. I was like, I want to work here for like at least a month. Be fun. (laughs) I get the job. And then I was like, I don't want to work there. And I didn't show up. So I guess that's like my bad (laughs) break. I never showed up for the job. And I remember the woman calling being like, are you coming to work here? (laughs) Never, never called her back. (laughs) Crash. I'm sorry if you ever see this. I don't even remember her name, but it was a, it's a Harlem uh, a flower shop in Harlem. Yeah. Oh man, that's so rich. <laughs> no. You just like saw the number coming in. You're like, ignore. Yeah. <laughs> I actually don't want to do this anymore. But it was a fun I idea. <laughs> I was young. I would never do that now. I would never. I would be like, I'm sorry. I wasted your time. This is not for. Me. I think it happens. Everything happens for so a reason. Good. Never know what would happen that day. She yeah. You never know. Got <laughs> follow your I, gut. Yeah, I did that once at a sandwich shop, uh, Roly Poly or something. When I was in high school, I got the job and I never went. Didn't want to. I didn't want to make sandwiches. I thought I did. <laughs> Not Roly Poly. It's driving me nuts. We none of us can remember things today. I cannot remember the name. Quiznos. Quiznos. Uh, oh, I hate Quiznos. They had that you like do? animal. That like they had that furry like mascot thing. I always was like, uh, that's not a good food mascot. They you know what I'm talking about? It was like a furry like little like animal mm-hmm. thing. Oh, I have no idea. Pita bread. The pita bread was nice. That's what <laughs> I remember. A salad with honey mustard and pita bread, and the pita bread was warm, and it was so good. I think that's why I wanted to work there. <laughs> you wanted free food. I wanted and that. There it is. And here we go. Right back to the free food. You know what I mean? That's hilarious. You have such a wonderful voice and you're so successful. Um, you've been in like seven show Broadway shows. At what age did you discover that you had this gift of storytelling, right? I would say when I was about seven, maybe six or seven, I, I have two older brothers and they're yeah. much older than me. And they sang, they had a group called Enough Said um, with some friends. It was like a, a five person little gospel group. And 
So I grew up in a a very musical family. Both my parents sing, uh, my extended family sings. And um, so we would all sing together a lot. Um, But I remember I saw my middle brother, Billy, in a play. He did a soldier story, soldier story at uh, his high school. I remember sitting there being like, wow, this is fascinating. Like people are on stage telling a story. This is incredible. And they're moving their bodies. And, uh, my, and my father would also read to me every night growing up. So I've always been fascinated with fairy tale and story and just the idea of being a storyteller. And I love to read. And so when I saw him in that, I, I told my mom, I was like, I want to act. And I danced and I sang, but I was like, yeah. I want to act. And so she was like, okay. And in Nashville, I was supposed to go to this, um, this French immersion school, um, which never happened because I ended up going to a performing arts school. So I ended up in performing wow. arts school from fifth grade up and through college, which I think was the biggest gift I could have been given. And, and to have supportive parents and family that have always just kind of stood by my side in my career and followed me everywhere has been like a big, even bigger gift. Where did you grow so, up? Yeah. Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, wow. So what was your first like big audition and callback experience? Like when you first booked your first Broadway show? My my first audition or like my first book? Like your first like big one that you booked. Like what was that whole like process? Like when you finally were realizing like, oh shit, I'm about to book a Broadway show. Like it's <laughs> like, like that is such a dreamy situation. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, oof. let me tell you something. When you look back on stuff, it reminds you why you are here and why you want to move in the way you want to move. So I, um, I was going to AMDA, like I said, and I was gearing graduate and my, my professor at the time, um, Marshall Milgram Dodge had, um, cast me as T moon in a production. She was doing of once on this Island. I was wow. like, Oh my God, I'm going to graduate. And this woman cast me, this is going to be great. And I had just played T moon in high school, like my senior year. So I was like, I know this. <laughs> then I got a call from, uh, Telsey, um, and they were auditioning for hairspray, the first national tour. Um, and this was in 2004. <laughs> oh, wow. And so, I was like, okay, I'm going to go in for the show. Now I had seen Hairspray like a couple months earlier and I was, I've always been in love with John Waters growing up. Um, Hairspray movie, Cry Baby, all his stuff, Pink Flamingo. And so I was like, okay, I'm going for the show. And, And it's crazy. You're graduating from a musical theater program, but you still have no skills on how to audition. I was like, one thing they could have done better was taught people how to audition. Cause I was just, trifling and out there blowing in the wind trifling. And so, and so, people don't use that word a lot but i, I was because i was so yes. I was like, oh i'll book this this will be fine and I, I was having other successful auditions um at that time as well but nothing i had booked yet so anyway my mother was coming in town my mother and father were coming in town for my graduation and i was like i have this audition it's hairspray. My mother was like, well, let's go over some 60s dance moves just in case. I love oh. that. <laughs> that is so That's sweet. So it's so, oh we're in her hotel room doing these moves. And she's like, this is the jerk. And I knew all this, but you know, you got to let parents, they, they want to. Yes. So I went to the audition and I had this Motown anthology uh, music book. Now I had a whole book of music from school, but I said, I'm going to get this book and not even rehearse with anybody. I'm just going to show up and sing my song. And so I was like, I'm missing Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Well, it was in a lower key and it didn't click in my brain that it was. So I oh, go in no. and Lon Hoyt, who was the MD on Broadway, 
was there and Telsey and I think, uh, I don't think Jerry was in there or Mark and Scott, but they were in there <laughs> and I go in and they're playing the intro and I'm like, ain't no mountain, huh? ain't no valley. <laughs> and I'm like, what is happening? So then me being me, I'm like, well, you just have to take it up the octave and just go forth. And I was eight, 19, 19 at the time. So I was like, ain't no mountain, huh? ain't, no, ain't no river, why? you know, <laughs> then going up there. Yes. They were like, okay, stop. <laughs> <laughs> This is rich. <laughs> like, no. They were like, we're going to transpose this real quick because clearly you're unprepared. Um, oh. and, and, and Lon did that for me. Loved him to death. And I, I sang my little song. I left, you know, being like, okay. They vocalized me. Um, and again, this is, you, you have to read the entire email. And at the time we didn't have iPhones. iPhones weren't a thing then. Yeah. Like having your email on your phone. So I had to go to a computer cause I didn't have a laptop and like look or get the information on my phone or on my voicemail of like what I needed, what they were asking for. And at the time they were looking for a swing. And even though, again, I had just graduated from musical theater school. I didn't know what a swing was. Oh my gosh. 19. <laughs> um, and so I, they vocalized me. Uh, we danced and I, uh, they, I, they brought me back in. They were like, Hey, have you ever thought about being a swing in a show? And I was like, no, what's a swing? And they were like, a swing <laughs> is somebody that covers these parts. And then like a principal, I was like, cool, whatever. I'll do it. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Why, not? <laughs> Why not? So I give the job Sign and I remember I was like walking down the street. They called me on my little slide phone that I had. And they were like, good <sighs> job. Um, this is how much you're going to be making. I was like, <sighs> because back then that was like when tours went out full production contract. So it was like yeah. big for this 19 year old. Like, that so big. that was my first job, big job that I booked um, the, the Broadway first national tour of Hairspray. And wow. I ended up four months in, and this is who, when you young, you, you're just like, what? I'm the shit. It's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I went out on tour and I remember one of my castmates was like, oh, one of the dynamites is leaving the girl at the time, Sabrina, who played Pearl, the Shana Still track. They were like, you should ask to see if they'll move you up from a swing to just that part. And I was like, you're absolutely right. So I went to the general managers and, and Lon, the MD and our MD on tour, uh, which was this guy named Jim Vukovic. And I was like, I wanna do this. And they were like, okay. And I was like, yeah. And if you don't hire me, I'm gonna leave the tour completely. You are bold. <laughs> Very bold. Very bold. That's great because you don't hear you you hear like a lot of actors like scared and intimidated and not confident like that yeah. is fierce. Yeah, it you know it's wow that that kind of confidence. I said because clearly I don't need this job, so I <laughs> just go. And they were like, wait 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 we wait a minute she's too valuable. And I I say that because wow. whoever watches this like when you know your self worth not in a cocky way because I've definitely grown since then, but when you know your self-worth and you know what you have to offer and you know you have great work ethic and you're easy to work with and like, you know, you can stand firm on that and like walk away from something. Now in that moment, that's not what I was working with. I was literally working with being a fresh 20 year old at the time and being like, 
what? I'm the shit. So <laughs> they ended up giving me the part. They made me audition for it though, which was hilarious. They made me, they gave me the part. And funny enough, a girl that auditioned for me with me, um, originally she ended up coming in to replace me. Um, oh, wow. See, so, it all works out. All you have to do is ask. Yeah. People and, are and just scared. Sometimes you just got to ask. And know your worth. Like you said, that's, that's pretty amazing. Also. Yeah. Yeah. Also, know your <laughs> I love that story. It's so good. You've performed in uh, hundreds of theaters across the country, singing back up for Patti LaBelle and Mariah, been in multiple Broadway shows. Do you still ever get nervous before you hit the stage? Or are you just so like... Absolutely. Yeah. How do you deal with that? Absolutely. I just closed Carolina Change. And I, that last show, I was like... Yeah. But... I've turned nerves. It's excitement for me. It's mm. still very exciting just to, there are moments where I step on the Broadway stage and I'm like, wow, this was a dream. And I get to live it every time I step on a stage. Like that is a gift. I don't, I don't take that lightly. I hold that close to my heart. It's a gift. It's, it's, it's truly a gift that, and I like could cry right now It because a lot of people don't get to live their dreams. And I think when you do, you have a responsibility to take care of it and cultivate it and then share it with others. You know, our gifts aren't for us. They're for other people. That's why it's a gift, right? Mm -hmm. I have so many chills. That was nice. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we, Jason and I are suckers for like <laughs> an inspirational moment a dream moment like never stop dreaming so let me tell you we were just in that not yeah. to speak for you Jason but I, I was know. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so beautiful so what's been your favorite production you've been in so far or experience or doesn't have to be a show but like artistic job the one that like comes to the top of my head so I <laughs> clearly I'm not shy Although that's not true. Sometimes I can get become very <laughs> introverted. But um, being naked in hair oh, on a wow. like that, <laughs> loved it. I mean, I could be naked walking down the street enough if it wasn't so cold. It's so cold. <laughs> Objectify me. But um, that was so liberating, being butt naked. And if you feel uncomfortable, sorry, that ain't got nothing to do with me. That's your issue. But yes, I think that that moment was one of my favorite moments. Uh, flying in Priscilla, that was really fun. And one time we were in Toronto, we were out of town, my trees, they put it in backwards and um, for the finale. So I didn't come down and I was facing back, I was spinning for a minute. So I'm like melting oh out the finale with my other two divas and um, sobbing because I'm like, well, this is how I die. At least I'm singing. <laughs> Yeah, so that was a, wow. <laughs> that was a moment. <laughs> what a way to go out, I guess. I guess. <laughs> At least I'm singing. Hey, look at even in like a moment where you think you're gonna die, you're being so positive. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> At least I'm I'm living my dream when I die. Yeah, when I die. Yeah. <laughs> hey, best way to go out, in my opinion. Yes, girl. <laughs> Uh, you were most recently in Annie Live, right? On yeah. NBC. What was the rehearsal process? Congratulations. But, and Thank also, you. what was the rehearsal process like compared to like a regular, like actual Broadway rehearsal schedule? 
Was it any different, similar? I guess the only difference is you're you're bringing in the the cameras eventually, and so mm. your your rehearsal is we rehearse like we're rehearsing a show for the stage, and and I I, I don't want to say I think this might have been their first live on NBC specifically where they only used one stage. I think with Rent, they had different oh, locations. Yeah. I think with a few other ones, they like people were running yeah, yeah. from like this stage to that stage over there, or, you know, over there to get in front of the camera before the commercials were over. And that was cool. It was different too working. So we had Lear, who was our, I guess, acting theatrical director. And then, um, oh my God, I can't remember anybody's name today. It's but okay. We had our director <laughs> of, uh, who was the director, the camera director, who then came in and was like, okay, so let me see how this shot is gonna be. Because the, oh, the, wow. the camera guys, they only had three days to learn the entire show when they came in. Wow. Yeah. Three? Um, three, usually they have longer, honey, folks will cut in corners as much as they could. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna just be honest, you know, because talking, talking to a lot of the camera guys, they were like, usually we have like at least a week like that's a lot for them and the cameras are not small they're huge Mm -hmm. you have people with you know the things around their waist and the camera here and somebody behind them making sure they don't fall or trip over cords you have the people with the big cameras moving in and out but when i tell you they they master that i mean and they're professionals they're Mm -hmm. they're used to doing things like this so yeah we rehearsed at this church on 58th street um for i think three weeks, three, three and a half weeks. And then we moved out to Long Island uh, where we shot out on the stage in the studio. And uh, they put us up because of course, COVID, you know, you want to keep people safe and make sure no one is like riding the train back and forth and being around too many other people. And we were tested, I think every other day or almost every day when we got towards the end. So that was really nice. So, you know, you introduced COVID into rehearsing. We wore masks, you know, Mm -hmm. throughout every rehearsal. And sometimes people have on shields and masks or just shields. It was so good. So what was your experience like going from transitioning from stage to TV and doing awesome shows? Congratulations. Like in Amsterdam. <laughs> yeah, so sweet. Y'all's energy. I just love it. Listen, we're, listen, <laughs> we're You're doing it. You're inspiring. Like- yeah, you are. Yeah. And we're, we're so excited every time we get like a fierce guest <laughs> and <Aww>. you are. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, New Amsterdam and The Good Fight, like those are fierce shows to be on and book. And so, yeah, what was it like? I was nervous as hell. You know, it's crazy. I, I don't, when I get an audition now uh, for my agents, I'm, I don't get nervous. I used to get auditions and be like, okay. And I'd be like, girl, calm down. You know, when you're having that internal <laughs> yeah. battle, like you need yeah. to, you ain't even booked it yet. <laughs> I, I could book this. I think I could book this. um my first my very very first television experience was uh madam secretary actually and i played the vice president's uh assistant i had one maybe two lines yes and i i don't think i had ever been on a tv set i don't think so i can't remember but i was like okay i'm gonna get there and okay and I'm pretty sure everyone could tell I was green, just green, but I didn't care. I was like, everyone had a first time. Thank you. Yes. I was so, just going to say they all yes. had their first day once too. People forget, but there are some people in this industry that forget that you weren't so good 10 years ago. You just got good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so I remember the, the woman that I was playing the assistant to, I, she's, she's, I forget her name, of course, but she's on that show, um, Criminal Minds. She, uh, I forget her name. Anyway, <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, I love her. I watch Criminal Minds. And, but I was like, calm down. You're not that excited. So you hit her work. <laughs> uh, and so what's her name? Taya Leon, uh, she, you know, she's the lead on that show. Wow. And I seen with her and that woman from Criminal Minds. And I was like, wow, you get to do your first acting job with like people who have been doing this for a while. That's really cool. And I remember we like rehearsed the scene and Taylor was like, cause I think my line ended in an ellipsis and she was like, just finish the line. And I was Aww. like, what's your attitude with me? And, <laughs> and I was like, okay. Uh, and I have workshops and things. She was, and I was like, she was like, what would you say? And I was like, is this a class or are you, what, what is happening? <laughs> and so <laughs> sometimes I can't stand that though, when you work in and somebody's like, okay, what would you say? And it's like, I'm yeah. getting paid to be a writer and actor today. Let me know. <laughs> I know when the checks are coming, but, but That's so, good. <laughs> so I fin- did some things. She was like, uh, that, that'll work. Cool. You're it like, was yes. when we shot my scene too. And so being somebody that's, first time on set, I'm super excited and up and elevated, even though I've been waiting for three hours. Everybody else been there since five. And yeah. that didn't click in my brain until after I left. I was like, oh, that's why everybody was so quick and short and kind of snippy. They were tired. Mm. Um, but we shot the scene and <laughs> it was, I think my character at the time was giving shade also in the scene to Taya. And so I remember <laughs> just going in Use it, use it, use it. And the director was like, You can pull that back just a touch. And I was like, Okay. Um, but that was my first time. And but even every time I I go on, like when I was doing New Amsterdam, first of all, you never know when you're gonna book something. For people who watch this, you never know. Don't judge your audition and think, I was trash, I'm not gonna get it, because there have been plethora of auditions where I've been like, I got the job, how? <laughs> and New Amsterdam was one of them. I was wow. fully prepared and it was in person. I remember going in and I had auditioned for New Amsterdam so much for many different parts. And audition, I did this audition and then they called me back and I auditioned one more time and they're like, you got the job. And I was like, oh my God, this is cool. So when I got to set, I was really nervous because I was working with a baby. Oh wow. And I had never worked with an infant. children like you know toddlers and up but a baby baby and the baby had the parents weren't on set they were like somewhere else but they had a wrangler like a nanny with the child and the baby was really like attached to the nanny so every time the the nanny would put the baby down baby would cry but again I love children so I'm like having to say my lines there's a um an extra there that is my nurse assistant but she is freaking out I can tell that she is nervous so I was like okay Stacy put on your big girl panties and my scenes were with the lead of the show so and it's it was his baby you know on the show so I was like okay you're you're the pediatrician take on the role don't even worry about what's happening take on the role if she gets nervous you pick up the child you do whatever you need to do in this scene to make sure the child is all right and you hit your marks and so once I like surrendered to that it, it was a lot of fun actually it was a lot. I feel like I'm talking so much, but it was a lot. No. <laughs> You're supposed to. You're the guest. You're the guest of honor. We need you to talk so much. That's super exciting. 
And it's yeah. super, like, I love that. Like, you talk about using it, right? Using that that feeling you had and mm-hmm. going down to the basics of the role. Like, you're the what, pediatrician, right? You were saying, like, mm-hmm. that's that's what acting is about, is putting yourself in there. It is. It truly is. And I think, um, you know, I always say, and I've heard other people say this, that theater makes you great. TV is where you make your money and movies is where you become famous. But I think being a theater wow. person transitioning into TV has really helped me because you you have to be grounded and rooted on stage and you can carry that into TV. It's a little bit smaller, but you find the groundedness and root the, the roots within it. And the crazy thing about TV is you have so many cameras, you know, in your face. There are tons of people standing around. Um, mm. And so it's not private, it's not intimate, it's not like the lights go out and you're with your people. But something about theater and a trick that I have learned on TV as you just hone in, you make it small. So your eyes become the camera as well. And it's it's helped me a lot, especially like on The Good Fight because The Good Fight is like scandal. It is quick and it there's, there's wow. no room for error. There's no room for like, you know, and they, they'll go yeah. back, you know, they'll shoot a scene at least three or four times, but um, it's quick. So you have to like, we're here and this is who I am. Yeah. And I always implore actors, no matter how small or big your role is, make a backstory, whatever you mm. want that character to be down to like their favorite color. Mm-hmm. Because yes. I think when you know this person, like, you know, yourself, any movement that you do, it won't be you. It won't be Stacy doing it. It's the character movement because I know yeah. this character so well. Wow. I was going to ask you for your best advice, but that's, that's really good. <laughs> wow. There it is. Right? There it is. <laughs> Thank you for referencing Scandal. Um, it yeah. is one of my. We adore Scandal. No, I'm, I'm sick. I've watched that series from start to finish multiple times. I love Scandal. Um, so you've, you've done so many great jobs and, and it seems like you are like living out your dreams, but do you have a, a bigger like dream role or a dream collaboration or a dream job that that's on that vision board? Yeah, a few actually, <laughs> a few one of my I so I do this thing on my Instagram story Instagram story on my page where it just kind of happened spontaneously and I wasn't even looking to make it into anything um but I feel like when I learn something I'm supposed to share with everyone and even if it just helps one person um because I one of the things I think we're on this strange rock for is to share information and to support each other and so I started this little thing called hashtag hello beautiful spirits I have all these videos on my page, but I was like, how can I brand this? How can I make this into a true healing platform? And speaking of podcasts, my next step is to have a podcast, but I want to do it in a way where um, I have guests, but they're, they're guests that specialize in mental health and healing and meditation and inspiration and diet, because I think our diets lead to mental and physical and spiritual health and well-being so how we can incorporate all of that so yeah that's that's a big dream and it's not even to like make money it's just really just to help and heal people because that we all we all struggling with something yes <laughs> absolutely I love that it's hello beautiful spirits mm-hmm. yeah I love that thank you for that and for yeah sharing that. I can't of wait course. to look deeper into it there's that. I, if Rent ever is revived, I've always dreamed of playing Joanne. Um, 
it, like I said, my parents supported the arts and all of us growing up. We went to the ballet, the opera, the, the, to see any theater production. We were in every kind of program you could imagine. And so I saw Rent when I was in eighth grade and I fell in love with that show. I, it, I was like, oh, these are my people. These are my people. And I didn't, cause you know, when you're young, you're figuring out who you are, you feel yeah. alone. You feel so alone because, you know, your parents can be great, but they don't, they don't get you. They're also a whole generation behind you. Yeah. So you're evolving at a faster rate, um, <clears throat> gaining more access to more information. It's like, oh, fuck, I feel so alone. <laughs> yeah. But um, wait, is this a PG thing? Because I just said, I just said, fuck. And it's no, Sunday. It's okay. <laughs> Please forgive me. <laughs> no, it's okay. We, uh. We say swears. Say swears. Swears. <laughs> I like that. I say swears sometimes. We say swears. But yeah, so Joanne and Rent, you know, I, I related to her. I related to a lot a lot to Maureen. Too. I was like, that's me. But that would be a dream role. And honestly, something that isn't written yet. I want to do something new that is a hit where I'm playing one of the leads. And yes. it's good music that I can vibrate in every night and not be like, oh, I'm tired of singing this, but something that I'm like, I cannot wait to sing this tonight, you know? Facts. I don't think it's been written yet. I don't think it's been written yet. I'm also writing, like I, I write and I, I set down a lot of my projects in 2020 and 2021 because I had a, a couple moments where I was like, why? Why am I leaning into this? Mm. And it, it And I went through a lot of, things in my personal life and I was like oh now I know why so I finally yeah. picked those back up so one of my dreams is to have my pilot greenlit on Apple TV actually that's the streaming platform that I chose um so I'm hoping manifest it five years yeah I can't wait to watch it right <laughs> I can't wait to watch it <laughs> that's so amazing I guess as we're wrapping up so our last question for today before a really fun game um, <laughs> it's hard it's a hard one I'm sorry I guess I was just curious if you had any thoughts in general about how Broadway or theater can be even more inclusive to black and brown storytellers as someone who's been working in the business for so long I know it's a very heavy question but <laughs> Broadway would have to remove ego mm. you know I think we all have to be honest that we live in a country where things weren't created for black and brown people to survive and thrive in. And that's just, that's the fact and Broadway included. I'm not going to say it was called the great white way for a reason, but it was called the great white way for a reason. What we're seeing now is, you know, you have people saying, I want my stories to be heard and why can't they be heard? You have a lot of excuses like, well, you know, producers want to make money. So they hire certain people constantly, or they hire certain directors or choreographers or writers because that draws in an audience and certain people don't have a fan base or an audience. You hear things like, well, uh, not this time around, or we can only do this story. I, I was talking with a friend the other day and I was like, it seems like a lot of times people, they, they're like, oh, you, you wanna work with this director and it'll be a black director. And it's like, because that's the only one. I, but I want to work with this unknown black yeah. or brown director over here or queer or trans director because they're amazing and you need to know them. 
And I think gatekeepers have to stop, gate, stop gatekeeping. I think people are afraid that they'll get lost in the shuffle if they allow more people seats at the table, if they extend the table. And so how can they be more inclusive? I think ego, I think ego has to be removed. And I think it's yeah. gonna take time. I think it's happening. You know, Broadway opened, the first thing that opened Broadway was Passover, written by a black woman. Yeah. Um, you had a season of plays written by black people, um, which was great, but I don't want this to be a one-off. I don't want it to be, uh, 2020 happened. People yeah. were like, oh my gosh, racism in America, what? I'm like, no, it happens every day. I step outside of my house and experience it every day. Do I dwell on it? No, but it, it happens. It's a part mm -hmm. of my existence. Um, and it happens in our community, our theater community, mm -hmm. um, where people are held back because they don't look like the people who are sitting behind the table or, you know, sitting in the big office on the hill. And so I think we have Thanks. to start there. And, you know, I'm not afraid to say we have to start at the Broadway League. We have to start there and remove yeah. people who no longer need to hold those seats and remove them because they're, they are, they don't think in inclusion. They don't think in diversity. They're being forced to. So when your hand is being forced, you're going to fight tooth and nail. And that's, we don't have 10 years for you to fight. Go on somewhere, take your retirement <laughs> plan and re <laughs> retire. Good night. Yes. You ain't done nothing. You ain't gonna do nothing. Let's get yeah. somebody who's gonna do Good some night. Work, you know? Yeah. So I think I think that's ego. It's gonna have to, and that's for everybody that's a part of our community, you know. Mm -hmm. Ego. Exactly. And that's not gonna happen overnight. Mm -mm. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. <laughs> There's enough room for everyone in our industry. There's enough space. There's enough room for me to scoot down and you to pull up and make your space. There's enough room for us to extend and add on to the table. And I think people have to remember that. And also that everything that is for you will find you. Sometimes we wow. might be in the way, standing there like blocking a blessing, blocking a gift, blocking a moment. But if we remove ourselves and just allow life to be, everything's gonna happen how it's supposed to. I, I truly believe that. I love that. I believe it too. That was beautiful. Wow. wow. Thank you so much for yes. coming on and, and sharing your stories with us and your wisdom with us. This was an amazing episode. We're so grateful. Yeah, Thank you're you. Fierce. Thank you for you're having fierce. me. Thank oh, you for Mr. checking your messages on your website. Well, right. so I know we spoke to you earlier about how we end every episode with a game. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I apologize for this game. I do because as as I was looking at these questions, I was like, damn, this is tough. <laughs> but we thought, since you were just in the revival of Caroline or Change, okay. okay, we would do a little trivia on Broadway revivals. <laughs> <laughs> They're all multiple choice questions. And if you need a clue, you can ask us. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Jason, cue the music. <laughs> Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. This game is called The Revival. <laughs> <laughs> Question number one. Okay. The longest running revival in Broadway history is Chicago. What year did this revival open? A, 2005. B, 1996. 
C, 2001, or D, 1993? I'm gonna go with 96. Yes. Ding, Correct. ding, ding. You're starting off fierce. <laughs> Fun fact, the original production opened in 1975. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, I learned a lot today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, second question is, in what 2005 revival did the actors play their own instruments? A, company, B, Gypsy, C, Sweeney Todd, or D, Adida? Oh, wait. Didn't they play their instruments in two of those? Oh, shit. Yes. That's why this is a trick question. <laughs> so if you give either one, we'll still give you the point. It's not Adida. Ooh. I know company has been... It, it's company. So, yes. <laughs> no. But... <laughs> Is it's, it Sweeney Todd? Yes. Yeah. So this was a shady question. It was a trick question. Because Company did open a few years later. Okay. And Darn. did the same thing with... No, it's still half cracked. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's Sweeney Todd or Company? They both did it. They both did it. Okay, next question. What show won Best Revival in 2012 starring Audra McDonald, in which she also won the Tony for Best Actress? A, Porgy and Bess, B, Ragtime, C, Les Mis, D, Carousel. Porgy and Bess. Correct. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Crushing it. All right. Our last I know question. My, I know my Audrey McDonald. Uh, yes. <laughs> As we all. By the way, Porgy and Bess had seven revivals on Broadway. Seven. Ooh. And then wow. the one, the, the net. Five. Okay. In what Broadway revival did Kay Lapone break character and yell at an audience member for being on their phone? A. Sweeney Todd, B. Gypsy, C. Les Mis, or D. Rent? It's Gypsy, right? I remember hearing this story. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then final bonus question. Woohoo! You were just in Annie Live. We want to keep the theme of Annie. Okay. When was the last time Annie was revived on Broadway? 2012. Oh, wow. Yes. Wow. Good job. Wow, you crushed it. Yes. It was such a joy chatting with you today. You're you're mad inspiring. I was doing my research this week and I was like, I can't wait to meet you. And I'm so thankful you joined us today. Yeah, Appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank yeah, keep you. killing Thank it. You. Keep killing it. You are goals. So. Hopefully one day we'll meet in person somewhere. Yes. It was so great chatting with y'all. Y'all are awesome. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. Before you go, can you tell everyone listening where they can find you on social media to keep up with all of the amazing things you're doing? Um, you can follow me. Follow me on <laughs> uh, Instagram. Uh, I'm Anastasia, MCC official. Um I that's kind of I, I'm so bad at social media. I that's really where I vibe. I, I'm yeah. on Twitter, but I haven't vibed there in a minute. Um That's like us. <laughs> We're so bad. Yeah, I mean I'm I sometimes I'm over there and then I'm like, what am I doing? What am I saying? <laughs> uh, what are words? But yeah, on Instagram, that's that's my hot spot. That's where I am. Yes. So what about your podcast? Where can we listen? Oh yeah. Them three podcast. It, it was with me and my brothers. We actually, we we uh, need to start on a season two. But you know, once the world opened back up, they got busy. They both own their own businesses. Um, wow. But it's called Them Three Podcasts, and it's just about three siblings who have three very different point of views on life, but mad love mm-hmm. and raised in in a, in a home down south by a, a preacher, engineer, and a teacher. So. 
can't wait to listen. That sounds amazing. <laughs> well, thank you so much again. And to everyone, if you're not following us, don't forget, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter, which we also don't use at Survival <laughs> Jobs Pod. <laughs> and on Facebook at Survival Jobs a Podcast. All right, ladies, thank, thank so you much. so much for spending time. Yes. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.